Hi folks, this is Bud Hughes, and it's time to raise the door on another edition of Bud's Garage. Hang on, you're now part of the fastest hour in radio, presented by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and more. Locally owned family businesses with over 120 years of combined experience. CarQuest nationally branded auto parts and warranties, and Oakwood Tire's wide selection of the best tire brands available. Local professionals to help you find the parts or tires you need, help you get them installed and back on the road with a smile. Find out more at completeautoparts.net or oakwoodtire.com. On today's show, how to broadcast a NASCAR race, more snacks across the USA, and Carlos Ghosn is in the news again. All that and a whole bunch more informative automotive buffoonery with Bud and Tim right now on North Georgia's News Talk, WDUN. Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident car nut, and Tim B. Pasquale. Holster to the stars, tractor driver, trail maker, trailblazer. We need to call you a trailblazer. On the <laughs> goalkeeper, <laughs> there you go. There you go. On the Pascarosa. <laughs> hey, bud. How are you doing, Tim? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. AMS uh, race, Atlanta Motor Speedway going on tonight and tomorrow. I'll mm. be there. Uh, Xfinity race tonight and a NASCAR race tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have Doug Turnbull on to tell us uh, the inside details on that and a little uh, taste of what went on in Chicago okay. uh, at the street race. Northeast Georgia swap meet is going on right now. And the driving club at Road Atlanta will be, uh, will be at the track Wednesday, this Wednesday, the 19th. Mm-hmm. Okay. Car shows everywhere. You know, go to ragtops and running boards. Sure. And uh, choose the early ones. I like, right. a, what is it, caffeine and octane or coffee and donuts or something that, that has the early shows in the morning and then you got the rest of the day to yourself. And it's not hot. Right. So, what yeah. is that? Cars and caffeine, I think it is. Caffeine and octane. Oh, okay. Well. But I haven't seen one recently, lately, of course. There's no way I'm getting up that early. <laughs> if I'm there, it's because I've been up all oh, night. Okay. Well, yesterday was my birthday. Do you remember? Oh. What was going, you don't remember what was going on five years ago today, or uh, yesterday? That would have been the seventh, July seventh. No. It was a Saturday of uh-huh. the July fourth weekend. Oh, right. Which I'm right. all mixed up. I don't know what day it and is anymore. I with know. this being on a what was the fourth Tuesday right. of this week. Anyway, I was having a heart attack. Sure. And you know they fixed me up. Um, Dr. Leinbach met me at the hospital, and mm-hmm. then Dr. Hastings took care of the surgery, and it all worked out well. But yeah, you remember? They, yeah. I remember coming in that morning. Yeah, it was Monday. To the we, we were taping on Mondays back mm-hmm. then. And they and said, Joel sprung Bud? it to you. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's not here? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, at that point in time, I was lost in space. I, I didn't wake up till Monday, but uh, I'd written the show notes. Oh, and yep. you didn't use them, so we used them the next week. Right, it was. So great. I was a week ahead anyway, because mm-hmm. I came back. Quick, I came back. Well, I came back to you know uh, the next week. I think we used my notes from the previous mm-hmm. that I had already written, and then I came back the next week. Right. And uh, I don't know what I don't know what I said because it took me about a month to <laughs> say and think and get back to my abnormal. I guess. Well, it was no different than it is now, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> Tales from the road. I just got back from New York State. Mm-hmm. I went up there for a uh, 40th anniversary and a uh, graduation party and just to visit some friends, etc. I'll tell you what. I don't know what people are thinking. Uh, since the COVID thing, there's a lot of people that got campers. Yeah. And a lot of those campers are single axle campers. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. I started counting how many were single axle. I think on the trip, I saw one one rig that was pulling a trailer that didn't look unsafe. Really? You know, it was a dually, 
with a mm -hmm. big trailer behind it, two or three axle, right? Um, you know, uh, fifth wheel. So it's you know it's mounted more like a gooseneck, right? And uh, and, so, and then did you see any that had a fifth wheel trailer and then uh, pulling a boat behind? No, I did the trailer? not see any of those. No. Yeah. Oh, no. okay. I'm surprised. Is that legal? Yes, as long it as is. Not too it, long. Yeah, it is. Oh, length doesn't have a thing to do with it. Got to have the boat on a trailer, though. <laughs> you do have to have the boat on a trailer. <laughs> Can you have passenger? Well, probably not. Let's not even let's not even get there. You can't ski though. But the, yeah, <laughs> your skier fell down. Uh, single axle trailers. Mm -hmm. If you blow a tire on a single axle tra axle trailer, you're going for a ride. Well, the trailer is, all of a sudden, the trailer's in control. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the family that's in the vehicle uh, that's overloaded to begin with because sure. the front wheels are about coming off the ground. Please, folks, if, you, if you're not going to, if you're not going to load the rig right and take into, you know, the, the right considerations of how mm -hmm. to hook up and all that stuff, get some airbags on your truck. At least level the thing out so you stand a chance. All right. Just pack a tent. Well, you, I've. I hadn't thought about that. No, no. Just pack it down. a thought. Okay. And I want to know how they get so much water in a water bottle. Bottled water. Have you ever mm -hmm. tried to open one up as you're trying to go down the road? And not get any on you? Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that's impossible. Impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. They could make the bottles a little bit better. Actually. Yeah, they can make them a little better. So quick. let me ask you something. Yeah, they actually you... twist when you're trying to get the lid off. Of... You know, Bud, we've been doing this thing about snacks. Uh, when you were driving through West Virginia... Did you stop and buy some pepperoni rolls? We stopped at a place called Maloney's Pub in Somersville. Uh-huh. And I thought, this place has got to have pepperoni rolls. Mm. Not only did they not have, and, and the restaurant was excellent. Had a great meal there. Yeah. And then the, my tip-off was they didn't have Killian's on draft. And it's Maloney's Pub. Hi. <laughs> so <laughs> they didn't have pepperoni rolls Okay, either. no pepperoni rolls. But we did go through several states. South Carolina, mm -hmm. boiled peanuts is a snack there in South Carolina. Of course, yeah. uh, I like boiled peanuts. Oh, sure. So uh, Krispy Kremes, that's the snack in Virginia. Mm. And, uh, you know, when we stopped for gas, of course, they had the Krispy Kreme display with the, the light on and the donuts oh. were warm and all that. Yeah. And I didn't realize that Virginia was famous for ham biscuits. Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Anyway, we didn't have any of those. When you say ham biscuits, that's like a slider-type deal, right? Oh, but... Or is it a full biscuit? Hey, I, I don't know. You don't know? I'm from West Virginia. That's a I know. That's state. pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> I got an uncle that lives in Roanoke. <laughs> well, you know what I do believe in? Audiobooks. Okay. We listen to two 12-hour audiobooks in our trip up wow. and our trip back. I'm kind of a James Patterson... Jan and I are both kind of James Patterson fans. They're, mm. you know, kind of a... Detective type things, or what do they call those? Fiction novels, and uh, you know, good stories. Keeps you uh, makes some miles go by. Well, yeah, I guess so. So, do you do you interrupt the listening of the book when you're swearing at other drivers? I try along not to. The way? I try. I, I keep it under my breath. Okay. All, all right. You're suggesting I do, huh? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know, bud. <laughs> uh, we didn't take the uh, we didn't take the Mustang. We took mm. uh, the Escape. How did it do? Oh, it did great. I mean, yeah. we got great mileage with it. Uh, we're going to get to that shortly here. Okay. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't have a rocket launcher on it either. And I, I just, you know, I got those two blank things in the front of the Mustang where they look like they're fog lights, but there's nothing there. I'm just mm. thinking. Yeah. I'm just thinking, That'd what can I put behind those to, to be Flame perfect? throwers or yeah. something. <laughs> well, you know, if you've got a classic muscle car and you want to accessorize it or just uh, restore it, let me make the suggestion. 
I hadn't thought about this before, but wiper blades. Yeah. When you're restoring a car and you're tearing the thing apart, mm-hmm. you know, the headlights, the wiper blades all get thrown into a box. Right. And at the end of the, the, end of the build, you, you drag them out and yeah. you try to, you know, you try to make them look decent. You don't think that the headlights are 60 years old and they may not be as efficient as they used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, modernize a little bit. You can get, you can get period correct brand new wiper blades for your car from year one. The muscle car experts. Muscle car experts. So they're restoring American performance. And, you know, they've, they've, got the, they've got new lighting and things you can get for your car. But it's one of those dumb things you just don't even think about. I got a box right now in the garage with the 73 Mach 1 that I've been building. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I got the original wiper blades. It's got those fancy ones. It's got like a, uh, they must articulate or something. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention because I'm not at the putting that part together yet. Yeah. Uh, it's got a new wiper motor and stuff. But they've got like an extra little arm that, that helps to rotate them. And oh, okay. So, you know. That ought to be fun. Year one's got that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and right. they got information. They got informative people, you know, yeah. working at the store for them. You you got a question, and you're ordering a part, and you say, well, as long as I'm doing this part of it, mm-hmm. you know, like a headliner. Uh, what else do I need for a headliner? Right. You might need sail panels. Sure. You know, and, and things like that. Uh, you, you, you get the headliner, and then you drag out the old sail panels and go back to the back window, and they look like crap. Or the visor hardware yeah, and the yeah, receivers. Oh, yeah, and the receivers and uh-huh. all that stuff. All that. There's little parts. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad we don't have to buy cars uh, part by part after you build oh, them. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> anyway, check them out at year1.com. They provide our podcast every week, so you can catch all this great information. If you miss any of it, just go to Access WDUN. And uh, there you go. It's okay. all brought to you by Year One Muscle Car Experts. We'll be right back here, Bud's Garage, on North Georgia's News Talk, WDUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by all three locations of Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and more. Hometown people working together to bring you the best parts, tires, service, and repairs. Well, our next guest is a. Uh, on the show often with us because he's a, a NASCAR expert and, you know, we watch the NASCAR races, want to find out about what's going on. And oh, yeah. So we reach out to uh, Doug Turnbull. Uh, a lot of folks know him as the traffic copter guy for uh, another radio station in Atlanta. And uh, his side gig is working for the Performance Racing Network. Doug, welcome back into Bud's Garage. Hey, Doug. Hey, good to be all with both you guys today. Thank you so much for having me. And, yeah, I like to say, I mean, yeah, it is my side job, but, I mean, Essentially, I get paid to do my golf game. I love racing, so go, going to races and getting paid to be part of the play-by team is pretty awesome. I love it. Yeah, cool deal. Um, you work for the Performance Racing Network. There's also another network called the Motor Racing Network. Um, do do both of those carry the same races at the same time, or does it have to do with track ownership, or do you intermingle the 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 members, or how does that all work out? And, yeah, none of the members are intermingled okay. uh, that I know of anyway, at least since I've done it since 2012. They, they are separate organizations that have very similar formats, so they are slightly different in how they broadcast the race sometimes. Sure. And, and it depends on who owns the track. And also it depends on what series it is, too, uh, as to which organization does it. So Motor Racing Network, MRN, the, the blue shirts at the track, if you will, they um, they do all the truck races regardless of the track, and they have the All Star race. Even though the All Star race is at is at tracks that are that are owned by the PRN company. Okay, so that that's that's a whole arrangement worked out with NASCAR. So oh, that's okay. a little bit confusing. 
but uh, but generally, Motor Racing Network has a few more races than Performance Racing Network because of the track ownership model. But it it all kind of shakes out, and over the years, MRN also normally broadcasts races that are not owned by one of the two big track operators. And since Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, the co- company that owns PRN, has bought in recent years Dover and Nashville, that that has expanded PRN's portfolio a little bit. Okay. All right. So, but they do they do similar jobs, and typically, I don't sit and watch a radio, on, or I don't watch the the. the <laughs> I don't know why you can't watch the radio. Let me back that up. Typically, I don't know well, why you can, but it doesn't do much. Um, <laughs> I typically don't watch the, the the races on television because it's it's a gazillion commercials interrupted by the race, and my attention span is okay. you know that of a, a drag race uh, fan. Um, so I typically listen to it on the radio, or I'll, I'll watch it on TV and, and listen to it listen to the sound coming from the radio mm-hmm. uh, if I can't do something out in the garage anyway let me get back to PRN you work for the performance race racing network yeah. tell me a little bit about the background of that and how you got to know the folks for sure well it's a performance racing network they're owned by Speedway Motorsports Incorporated the same company that owns Atlanta Motor Speedway and a, you know, a dozen or so other tracks I don't know the exact number off top right of yeah they, they because of going down to the racetrack uh, with WSB Radio, my employer, uh, and with Captain Herb Emery, my mentor, and going and covering the races with Captain Herb, that just got me tangential to the Performance Race Network guys. And when Captain Herb has race show that you've been on, you know, many times mm-hmm. in years past, but um, it, it just got me introduced to them. You know, Mark Garrow, one of the co-lead announcers on PRN, had a segment on that show, and it just it just eventually led to you know me bugging them a little bit, and when they had an emergency them inviting me to be a part of the broadcast uh, in 2012, the last minute. So I did one race in 2012, none in 2013, and then by 2014, I was starting to have two or three a year, and now I have usually four or five a year. Uh, this year, I'll end up with only three, I think, because I, I had to skip the Roval in Charlotte because uh, my brother's getting married. But, yeah, that, I usually have a few races a year, so I'm still filling in for them because they have a lot of legacy guys and, and women and people that have been there a long time. Sure, man. Yeah. But I'm always available for them and very grateful for any race I get to do. So you let your brother schedule his, his wedding on a on a race day. You got to talk to that boy. Let me find out when it was. All right. Now, do you guys cover uh, practice and qualifying too? So it's a little bit difficult. Uh, So generally, they cover the Cup Series qualifying. Now, um, when Atlanta Motor Speedway's new layout debuted last year, we did practice and qualifying for that because it was the first time the Cup cars hit the track on the high banks of the Mm AS. And so, uh, you know, but it, it's, I mean, it's, it depends. I think MRN co- uh, covers a few more practice sessions over their broadcast than we do. It, it just depends on the largeness of the race or the importance of the race, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, you know, it, some of it comes down to what can you really sell, right? And I, I think, you know, listening to practice on the radio when there's nothing on the line is a little bit harder to sell than qualifying Xfinity truck or cup, right? Yeah, and I could see that. Yeah. So, so we do the we do the qualifying and the way and, the, and what's interesting with qualifying, they used to have where all the turn announcers were in place and everything too, and they trimmed it back a little bit because we've added a couple of road courses to our PRN cadre, and it's and when we were qualifying and racing on the same day, the turn announcers would go out at you know 10 a.m. and then there wasn't enough time to go back. Take, they come back to your spot. So be, and so at Circuit of the Americas, we had all that rain in March of 2021. We were having our spots from like 
10 a.m. until the, whenever the race was called at 4 p.m. or something. Oh, wow. There was nothing out there, you know. And so they, they tweaked it a little bit just to make the lives a little bit easier. So when they do a qualifying broadcast, really the idea is just talking to drivers. Uh, Doug and Mark just calling one lap at a time at drivers, except for saying the time they have or if they wreck or something isn't as important. So uh, I'll get to be one of the pit reporters, uh, interviews drivers during Atlanta qualifying on Saturday. So that, that's, you know, that's, that's part of it, yeah. So, Doug, on the day of the race, what does your schedule consist of leading up to the green flag? Hey, that's a good question. I mean, I try to spend the time in the media center doing prep work. If you're a pit reporter, you have a certain section of pit roads. You, have, you know which drivers are assigned to you. And in the Cup Series, you know, you pick your pit road position or the team's pit uh, based on their starting line of how, where they qualified. So it, if you're doing qualifying and racing and all that on the same day, which doesn't happen a lot anymore, but did a lot during COVID and stuff, that, that could be kind of hectic because <laughs> you yeah. wouldn't know uh, who your drivers were until the same day. But usually it's just doing a little bit of driver prep. And, and, then, and, then you, and then this is really important, I think, even as a turn announcer or if you're in the booth, too, is just go walk the garage and walk it a few times and see who you run into. When they see you with the red shirt on or if you're MRM with the blue shirt or if you're Fox or NBC, it's not an official interview where you get your recorder out. You know, you just go and talk shop. And, and I mean, I don't go to enough races where they really know me by name or anything like that. But when they see your shirt, they're like, okay, you know, a lot of times they'll talk. You see, you see uh, James Small, Martin Trix, Junior's crew chief or someone, even if he's not the crew chief on your end of pit road, if you just recognize someone and talk to him, get a little tidbit of information, then it could inform you. So that, it's really about race prep. And Atlanta now, and I, this may be too long an answer, but at Atlanta, because it's my home track and there's just other stuff, it's a little bit different. I, you know, Raceway Ministries it has me out to do a Q&A with um, they, they find drivers to this free breakfast and church service they have for campers out there. And so we usually get a driver or some kind of luminary in the garage to get on the stage of Raceway Ministries. And so I, I do a Q&A with them in the morning. Sometimes the PRN, I have an appearance in the extent the fan zone, and I'll be doing that at 4 p.m. Sunday before the AMS night race where, you know, it's, it's a paid appearance to go out there and, and hang out and, and hang out with race fans. It just and it just kind of depends. If there's press conferences or things like that, you try to attend those too. Once the race starts, uh, tell us how how you go through it. And we're we're going to run yeah, out of time sure. here, so we're going to we're going to hold you over another segment. So give oh, it to us. Sure. Yeah, and I <laughs> I gave you all the details. Yeah. So hey, uh, and before the my, you know our race starts when the broadcast you know red light comes on. So our race starts on Cup races an hour and a half before the race actually cross the start finish line so as a pit reporter once driver intros get started you're out there trying to interview as many drivers as possible and uh, our race director larbeth barnhart keeps track of who's been interviewed already because i don't necessarily know who the others have interviewed or not it's hard to get about my own name sometimes then once the race starts if you're a turn announcer you're just out in the turns right you're in the booth you're up in the booth but you know, pit reporters you know, you're going for the driver intro stage and then from where the cars are stationed on pit road to then over to the cold part of the wall right the, the not where you could get hit by a car right, part yeah, of the wall right. and then you station yourself in your section of pit road and right before the race starts i try to run and up and down and and say hi to any pr reps i see because they, they may be able to tell me some stuff about their cars that i don't hear on the scanners and then i just find a place usually where i can see a screen <laughs> so i can actually see the race yeah and, absolutely and we're and, and that's what I do. Okay. Well, we're going to hang on a minute. We're going to bring you back in the next segment, all right? 
Sounds good. Okay, we'll be right back here, Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk, WDUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More, and all three locations of Complete Auto Parts, Cornelia, Clarksville, and Gainesville. Shop garage or driveway, we have the parts, tires, and professional advice to help you get the job done right. Well, we're back with Doug Turnbull, uh, PRN announcer uh, for the big race this week in, uh, in uh, Atlanta, uh, NASCAR race, that is. And uh, he's doing the Xfinity and the Cup race, and we had just... Uh, we had just ended with you getting the race started. You're in the pitch. You found a place you can watch the big screen, see what's going on. You're listening in your ear to the producers, and what happens from there? Right. Well, so the, I have a certain section of pit road I'm assigned to. I mean, a certain number of drivers. On Sunday, we have four pit reporters. Sometimes we have three, but sometimes we have four, and that so that means you're going to have you know, less than 10 each, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, of those 10, you know, your contenders are. So you're, I have them all programmed to my standards to scan the, all, all those drivers. And then as it kind of winnows down or you know, okay, my guy's leaving, my, my person's running third, you're going to listen mainly to them. Right. Right? And and just keep an eye on it. And, of course, if, the if uh, you know, our race director or, or our chief engineer, Harold Hamrick, if they see something on Twitter uh, from one of the other reporters listening to someone else and maybe something that you don't know about your driver, they'll just say it down the line, you know, hey, we're hearing that so-and-so got a speedy penalty or whatever. And so you're just you're relaying that information. Now, in between pit stops, because you think, okay, it's Atlanta and it's super speedway and they may only pit sometimes for fuel only and two tires. And, and, you know, it doesn't have the tire wear and the number of pit stops that the previous Atlanta um, formation had. What are you doing then? Well, I'm listening to my radios, watching where people are running. I know what's happened to them during practice through the weekend or if they have a winless streak or some other story or maybe their crew chief just became a father or whatever it is, right? And you, when there's natural breaks in the action, and sometimes they'll even say, hey, pit reporters, you got anything? If, if the racing kind of chills out in Atlanta, it doesn't often chill out. Because no, it's be in no. A big pack. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but, but old Atlanta, it did, you know? And, so, and, and you, what you do is you pitch stories. You know, I'll say, hey, Laura, Beth, I've got an update on fuel strategy for Martin Truex Jr. Hey, uh, you know, I'm hearing them talk about that his fan's not working in the car, whatever it is. The, the crew, right, yeah. You know. mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's what you do. And then, of course, you call the pit stops live, and it's especially fun. And we saw this for the first time on the new AMS configuration in March, where we actually had green flag pit stops, scheduled green flag pit stops because we had enough green flag laps to do a fuel run. Right. And that was really exciting because Atlanta has a narrow pit road and it's a sharp transition off the new banking. So uh, when you have those, then it gets really interesting because you got to figure out when the people are pitting. Okay. So tell us about the debriefing after the race. There's really, uh, so we definitely have a production meeting. It used to be at the track before COVID and then after COVID, brought us to, we just do them on the Wednesdays before the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, after race, though, we don't really have that much of a debrief sometimes it'll be like a group text it's like hey good job everybody if the, and with me because i'm not on the team frequently and especially in my earlier years but even now sometimes you know mark arrow doug rice will pull me aside like hey here's a couple things to say uh you know i used to do only one or two races a year so i used to come in on a race week and be all amped up and haven't done it in a year and usually on friday and saturday i'd be tripping all over myself and so they they would help me reset. But there isn't a, an official debrief or post-production meeting, at least amongst the, those of us on the air. Now, there's a lot more stuff behind the scenes that they have to untangle and figure out. 
So they, they may do some things, but not in an official capacity. Okay, let's switch, uh, let's switch gears here for a moment. Uh, the Chicago street race happened this weekend. Uh, you know, they had weather issues, et cetera, et cetera. But oh, yeah. what the, one of the stories I, I garnered from this was uh, NASCAR is looking at a lot of different things because some of the old-timey tracks that, that uh, you know, don't draw the crowds like they used to, NASCAR is looking at a different way to put on a race, and the Chicago thing was, uh, you know, one of, those, one of those different ways to put on a race. And uh, what were your thoughts of that and, and the entertainment venue and, and all that went on in Chicago? Well, yeah, I think that, I mean, it was a real wave of emotion because you saw the opening stanzas of the weekend on Saturday, and you thought, man, this is going pretty well, pretty exciting, some people wiping out practice, but not right. too chaotic, and, and the Xfinity race was good, there was one concert, and then once the lightning delay happened, and there was not, uh, you know, there was the lightning delay, and then there was the city's rules and NASCAR's rules. And NASCAR's were even less strict than the city. And NASCAR's pretty strict lightning rules about no action for 30 minutes if there's a lightning strike within eight miles. But when the city started clearing people out that had tickets, saying, you can't come back for, you know, however much longer. They're, they're, uh, I think it was an hour and a half was. for them, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that just, that really, and then, and then to have it, you know, so the race gets kicked, and then you go to Sunday, and they literally have record amounts of rain. You're going, what a buzzkill, man. This has happened to the sport so many times. They have this brand-new thing. Bristol Dirt Race had stuff delayed by rain. Circuit of the Americas was uh, the debut race affected by rain. President Trump coming to the Daytona 500 was stunned by rain and, and moved all to Monday, and then it ended with a terrible crash. Like, what in the world, man? We had built all this momentum, and then it popped. <laughs> well, but then to have the race play out Sunday, and I hate what happened to the Xfinity race. They used a special rule to say it was official. But then to have the cup race be compelling, not turn into a you-know-what show out there. They, yep. they had single-file restarts, great call them, single-file restarts. They made the call too late, shorten the race, in my opinion, for darkness. They, they, they should have known before the last fuel run that that was going to happen and, and adjusted so teams could adjust to that instead of some teams gaining an advantage because they had nothing to lose, right? Right. So that, that, was a tough, that, that was a tough part of it, but enough negative out of me. The rest is positive. Here it is. To have, it didn't matter that a guy came and won in his first start in, 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 in 60 years that hasn't happened in the Cup Series. Yeah, no practice, no nothing. Just jump in the car and he, do what he does. He jumped in. He had one test at the Charlotte Roval, and then however long the practice session was on Saturday, qualified third. Shane Van Gisbergen won the race. He did it with a clean pass. And Justin Haley, the sophomore, the youngster driver, crossed him over and almost passed him back on older tires and less fuel and still stay competitive to the end. That was just an incredible story. It would have been incredible if Haley had won, too. Oh, yeah. So I, I think it was a success. The ratings were NBC's highest-rated race. I think it was six years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it, it, it really is incredible that that's done. So think about all the big races that NBC has. They have the season, regular season cutoff at Daytona, and they have the championship race every year. And this race, big time, outdrew those. And it's the largest watched NASCAR race this season since the Daytona 500. So if, it, if someone doesn't think it was a success overall from a racing standpoint, I don't know what's, how you measure that. Well, I think, uh, I th you know, what, what they're doing, and this includes Atlanta, you know, changing their configuration, going to 28-degree banking, being a, a super speedway now. Uh, you know, I think uh, NASCAR's up in the game here. And... Uh, 
You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a, there's a distinct difference, aside from, you know, aside from the heritage, there's a distinct difference between watching a race at Talladega and watching it at uh, Atlanta uh, with the same degree banking, you know, being a shorter track. So uh, it's, it's interesting to see what they're doing. Um, I, 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 I thought it was a great race, but I didn't pay the big money to go there. I was, you know, I was watching on TV. I didn't pay the big money to show up in Chicago and watch concerts and stuff that never happened. So, you know, they're going to have to work out those little snafus. That that bought a ticket. So, so, I mean, part of the ticket happened and part of it didn't. There were four concerts scheduled and three got canceled or or whatever. There's only one of the concerts and the others were canceled. There were people that only bought tickets to that race to go to the concert, and that was part of the selling point, like the snake pit at the Indy sure, 500. Sure, absolutely. Those people really did get the shaft and probably have a whole different you know, take on it than I do, right? Uh, but from a racing standpoint, and that, it wasn't chain smokers that paid $50 million to the city of Chicago to perform there, right? It was NASCAR <laughs> yeah. that did. And, and that's a real number that I've heard kicked around yeah, multiple that's times. A, well, but if you got that kind of money to move to another city and and put on a race and you got some old worn out track that you know uh can't bring a crowd uh you know nascar's got some got some clout there for sure real quick tell us about your uh, nascar podcast that you do every week and uh we'll we'll let you go well for sure and thanks for having me on oh yeah we appreciate all the info no i I love i love being able to share that with you guys and and answer questions The, the racing podcast is five to go the five to go racing podcast available in all the pod places and uh, on and on the PRN's website, goprn.com too, and it, and it's just we we try to take a deep dive. On, it's usually five. That's where the number comes from. But usually five or maybe a few more racing subjects per week. And we when it comes around Atlanta races, there's always a lot of driver audio in those as well. Well, we're going to see you at the races, Doug Turnbull, PRN reporter, pit reporter. Uh, thanks for taking the time to be with us here at Bud's Garage. Thanks, Doug. Hey, thanks to you both. We'll be right back here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk. WDUN. Don't go away. Welcome back in to Bud's Garage, presented by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and more. Nationally backed CarQuest branded parts and the best national tire brands to keep you rolling down the highway. Tim, do you know what a woo race is? Uh, W-O-O. It just looks funny on paper. No. It's <laughs> World of Outlaws. Okay. Yeah, well, they've got a contest going on. Car Quest Auto Parts has got a contest going on. And you get a chance to go to the World Outlaw Finals, meet Tony Stewart, Donnie Schatz, and all the great people that are involved with uh, sprint cars, which are the wildest cars on the planet as far as circle track cars go. Mm-hmm. November 1st through 4th. You go to CarQuest World Final Sweepstakes, or check out with the uh, check out the contest with the folks at Complete Auto Parts because they are a CarQuest dealer. Okay. And uh, they have three locations here in Georgia: uh, Clarksville, Gainesville, and Cornelia. And uh, got great stuff uh, for the do-it-yourselfer or the professional mechanic. Check them out at. CompleteAutoParts.net. Okay. All righty. Did you guys get a letter while I was gone? Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. we sure did. Okay. About the swimming we of sure a car did. your son sold me. Ah, no, uh, no, 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 no. Well, at least they sent you a letter <laughs> saying <laughs> that your car is going to blow up. Jeez. Anyway, we all got safety recall letters. It's a safety mm. recall letter. It's not. They haven't told you 
going to blow up, it might blow up. Yeah, and they also told me we can't fix it until around Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Santa's bringing <laughs> the parts on his sleigh this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this goes on with every uh, car manufacturer. The Ford Escape 2.5 engine safety recall. I've got a plug-in hybrid, and the other two of you have. Bill yes. and Tim both have hybrids mm-hmm. that use, utilizes 2.5 engine, which is an Atkinson cycle engine. Yes. And what they're saying here is uh, if your engine blows up, it could accumulate fumes, you think, mm-hmm. um, and, and liquids, you think, yeah. uh, underneath the car that could catch fire. And why is that? Well, because there's a big pan under the car right. uh, that's also insulated, keeps mm. your engine nice and clean. Right. Um, but you you could have a leak or something and never notice it for a long time. And sure. you've got a hybrid motor, so you could be going down the road and the engine could let loose. And the hybrid part of it, the electric part of it, still keep the car running mm-hmm. and while it flambes itself. So their fix is going to be to modify that pan somehow to let the fluids drip out or ventilate or whatever. Yeah. And do something to the shutters on the front of the car. Yeah, or, yeah, that sounds safe. What we're kind of missing here is the fact that the, that the engine might. They shouldn't. It shouldn't be. They shouldn't be worried about a heat shield. They should put a scatter shield <laughs> underneath there. You know. Well, I'm just thinking. You know, if your car's in warranty, uh, you might want to consider uh, extending it. Um, mm-hmm. But all of this, whether it's Ford Escapes or you know Mopar or Chevrolet or any of it. A lot of this bounces back to, how about checking your oil once in a while? How about checking under your car? Oh, sure. Uh, you know, obviously with us having a lift here in the shop, I do my oil changes and stuff, and I take mm-hmm. that pan off, and I look at everything underneath it. Right. That's all it takes to mm-hmm. sometimes. And there are companies, and we've, had, uh, we've talked about them on the show before, and we're going to do our homework and give you the names of them next week. There right. are companies where when you get your oil drain, you can send a sample to them, mm-hmm. and they'll tell you whether there's any metal shavings or anything. Sure. Because uh, it has been noted that there were some crankshaft grinding problems in the building process mm-hmm. with some of these engines. And uh, they had problems with mating the oil pan to the engine block because of imperfections, because they use... Uh, they use like a sealer instead of actually using a gasket anymore. It's an aluminum engine block, and it expands and tracks and, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So we'll keep you updated on this. But in the meantime, you know, be aware of your vehicle. Oh, sure. Um, and it's hard to see leaks on these because that pan will, you know, stop things from falling on the floor, leaking on the floor. Check your gauges. Check your oil. You know, yeah, just whatever because, you're driving, do just, this. Just because you bought a new vehicle doesn't mean you can be negligent about maintenance in no. doing pre-trip and post-trip inspections. Walk around it occasionally and look at it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm bad or good, whatever you want to call it. When I'm on a trip, you know, I first thing I do in the morning when I get out the, after having coffee and that, I walk out and check the oil and check the mm-hmm. tires and all walk that. Walk around just, it and make sure you're not driving on a flat when you leave the house. Could happen, or the, the hotel or whatever it might be. So next week we'll have an update from my friend Juan at the engine plant in Chihuahua, Mexico. Okay, well that's made. It's actually a Mazda engine design, by the way. Mm-hmm. But it, you know the the thing that the the Atkinson cycle thing. Uh, I I wonder whether it just affects those engines or the regular two point five. We'll keep you updated on this. It, it was just interesting, I thought. Yeah, well, it is. It is and, uh, <laughs> see, seeing as how we all have one. Yeah, well, yeah. but uh, well, so we might all be. Hitching a ride to work one day. We could show the radio. For, could could they, be. No could. one showed up for Bud's garage. <laughs> yeah, could be. Yeah, well, we'll 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 keep you updated on. We it. could all ride in the same flatbed wrecker, maybe. 
That, yeah. Well, another thing you could do is once your car is out of warranty, you might want to get a third-party warranty company or something that will cover these costs. I don't know which ones are good, bad, or indifferent, but I would think you could find out from some of the independent shops. And one of the best independent shops around here is Oakwood Tire and More. Oh, absolutely. Now, generally, you know, the oil change gets done um, at the dealership, and I'm not knocking the dealerships because they've got trained people also, but sometimes... Mm-hmm. Sometimes you take it into the dealership, and it's not the top mechanic that's going to drain your oil. It's somebody that's new or, you know, a, a what do we call it, an apprentice. Right. And, and, that's one yeah. of our sponsors says, just got his apron that morning. Well, yeah, it could be. <laughs> well, but they, you know, they may drain your oil, and they may do it meticulously. Yeah. But they may not know enough about what's coming out of the car to, to notice that there's mm. shavings in it or things like that. What's that lump? Yeah. <laughs> What was that? It's not supposed to do that. And uh, a lot of times it has to do with the training. Mm. You know, when you, the first time you change an oil filter from a car, I ingrained this in my sons. The first time you change the oil on a new car, take an extra look because a lot of times the oil filter gasket will stick to the engine block because it's painted. Yeah. And you screw another oil filter up on top of that, and you got two gaskets, and guess what? It blows the oil out from between them, uh-huh. and uh, you can yeah, ruin an engine good. or make a big mess. Right. That's not going to happen at Oakland Tire and more because no. their their guys are trained as all around technicians. Mm-hmm. Um, Thirty one twenty Atlanta Highway. There are more because it's not just tires. They can do your conditioning. They can do your tranny. They can, you know, they they know the car from front to rear. Sure. And that takes a special kind of mechanic. To be able to cover that or a team and they have a checklist they go through right so all good stuff and that's a good way to take care of a car that's out of the warranty so enough about 2.5 engines you guys gonna sleep tonight <laughs> sure yeah bills yeah <laughs> listen i keep my record driver's phone number thousand dollars cash and three credit cards ready for any road trip Hello, AAA Platinum. Yes. AAA Platinum. Well, yeah. Good for you. Well, I, I don't know. I take, I take tools and stuff with me, but I know you're not, you know. You're never going to have what you need. No, I know that. A pair of pliers, screwdriver, <laughs> adjustable wrench. How about some good news? Yeah. Tesla has taken the four top spots in Cars.com American Made Index. See? All right. The Tesla Y has placed in the number one position for the second year in a row, followed by the Model 3, Model X, and the Model S. All vehicles Tesla sells in the U.S. are manufactured at its Fremont, California, and Austin, Texas factories. Alabama-built Honda Passport rounded out the top five and was followed in the top ten by the Volkswagen ID4 electric SUV from Tennessee, the Honda Odyssey minivan, which is made in Alabama, the Acura MDX made in Ohio, the Honda Ridgeline in Alabama, and Acura RDX in Ohio. Wow. There you go. That's pretty impressive. The highest ranked model from an American brand other than Tesla was the Lincoln Corsair, which is made in Kentucky uh-huh. and was third on the list, while the Chevrolet Corvette, which is also assembled in uh, Kentucky, was highest ranked General Motors, and it was in 19th place. So those are all cars that have a bunch of American-made parts on them and are manufactured here. Mm. Isn't that something that... Uh how many foreign brands were represented with more American content than American cars. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That and that's an issue with these recalls. Yeah, right. This stuff comes from vendors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
the, the, it's not like Ford or GM is making an individual part. Right, right. And well, they're trying to remain competitive price-wise, so and, and they have to in the process. See, this is what's so hard to understand. Why do they have to do that, uh, outsource to third-world countries, and yet the foreign manufacturers can assemble their cars here? Well, maybe with... And it's not all third-world countries, though. A no. lot of it is American manufacturers, mm -hmm. but, you know, you still have as much criteria as you can for the quality, and things, yeah, things which, fall through the cracks. Sure they do. Well, if you're restoring a classic muscle car, you're only going to one place, and they don't let the stuff fall through the cracks. That would be year one. And they're responsible for our podcast every week. Uh, so if you miss any of this informative automotive buffoonery, you go to AccessWDUN, click the links, blah, 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 and away you go. And uh, that's all made possible by year one, the muscle car restoration experts. Okay. You know what I've done? You've run us out of time. I have. Remember to keep between the ditches, shiny side up. We will see you next week right here with a whole bunch more of this stuff that we didn't talk about this week. Mm -hmm. Right here in Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk, AM 550 and FM 102.9. WDUN. Have a great week.